Over the last 10 years, both Joyce and I have started and launched our own companies and uh, we've jumped into that entrepreneurial fray. In addition to that, uh, we both have uh, the honor of coaching and mentoring uh, new entrepreneurs and startups. And one of the things we observed is many of the attributes uh, that are needed to be successful as an entrepreneur uh, were present when we were both at Hannaford and actually uh, was a catalyst for a lot of the dynamic change and positive impact that we were able to have in the marketplace. So today we, we explore what was going on then uh, and then be able to apply some of those attributes that are necessary in a culture uh, to ultimately have uh, your employees unleashed and feeling uh, at full throttle in terms of their work and taking risks and having failures but learning from them. Uh, so that's what we explore today, what we call entrepreneurialism, which is really having a spirit of entrepreneurs inside your organization. So come on in, grab a snack, welcome. Good morning, Bob. Hey, Joyce. I must it's... be feeling formal. <laughs> <laughs> I always say, Bobby, good morning, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy, here we are. We make, we make ourselves laugh. That's kind of pathetic. <laughs> but anyway, I have a topic. And here it is, if that's okay with you. Let it rip. I was thinking of why the group of us that were at Hannaford at the time were so high impact. And then I, and the chances we took, I mean, yeah. like doing guided imagery with store managers, 350 in the room at a time, that's, <laughs> that took some courage. Oh, yeah. Um, and many, much of the work we did was very innovative. And uh, so I was thinking how thankful I am. And if only I were the kind of person that really knew how to use Facebook, I would tell everybody and I would write cards and say, thank you. And I will figure out a way to do that. But many of that original crowd are now out in business for themselves and doing beautifully. Yeah. So there was a natural entrepreneurial flair and I would say uh, and entrepreneurial used to be a big phrase it's not used so much anymore but entrepreneurial behavior is what's needed and the explosion of change in companies is going to demand more of that so that's so, my, that's my yes. purpose so this topic whets my appetite. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, the word that I think about uh, us in our time at Hannaford is I felt unleashed, meaning yes. that I felt not only the permission, but really the demand to go out and run my business as if I owned it. Uh, yeah. um, and so what do you think? So everyone's out there saying, yeah, so tell me how you get that. Uh, what, well, what do you I, think were the conditions that were currently or at the well, time? Well, one of the things was the CEO, and since we're saying nice things, I can say Hugh Farrington. 
um, when I asked him about it, the kind of atmosphere we had at that point, you know, he said, once you chart the course, and he said, you know, that does have to happen. And, and I said, yeah, and you did that. And he went, well, we all did that, you know, but once you are in the right direction, he said, then, then you just hire really top-notch people. And mm. you have to wait a while to get one, you get it. And then you set them free to do their job with occasional course corrections. Now, he simplified everything. Yeah, he sure but did. That was what he said. So listen to what entrepreneurs say they like. And by the way, right now, there's entrepreneurial is in. Mm. Really <clears throat> in. And, and, and the rate of success for entrepreneurs has actually gone up from something like 31% to 37. So it's still yep. two thirds of the time, you're not gonna make it. And my daughter who does coaching for entrepreneurs um, says I can tell right away who's gonna make it and who isn't. And it has to do with um, hard work, grit yep. and grind, grinding it out. So, I think that's true. But anyhow, I'm, I'm advertising for entrepreneurial behavior, entrepreneuring in an organization. And what people want in that is, I'll read some of the things that um, what entrepreneurs said they left. They said, here was what was wanted or missing. And it was be, being able to create, but with only the discipline of the marketplace controlling them. Yeah. Um, not being stifled about, you know, like we're fine with reality, but don't put a false corporate reality on us. Um, they loved, and you were just talking about it, the adrenaline of creating something new mm. and how unleashed you felt. Um, and the ability for me, this was important, following an idea. Yep. I would get an idea and go sell it. <laughs> and I was, I think I'm just lazy because I certainly wouldn't do a good job of it outside the organization, but heck, you could just bop around and talk yeah. to people and refine the idea. Um, they want flexibility, which is now present how and when they do the work. You know, so I'm going to sometimes lie fallow and the next time I'll work for forever, 48 hours. Um, they didn't mind owning mm. failure but didn't want to be blamed or shamed. Yeah. And boy, we all blame and shame should just be out of systems that want to be healthy. Yeah. And I, I think about some of the things that we did at Hannaford that were so far on the bleeding edge of, of where the industry was going. And I think our leadership did a great job saying, this is something that we feel pretty confident that we can do and it, it will help us grow as a company, but it's new and it's, it's going to perhaps have some bumps in the road. It may fail, but the bottom line is uh, this is where we're going. And it was pretty clear about the person who's leading that effort uh, should feel unleashed to do what they need to do without yeah. the, the, the failure of being told that uh, mm -hmm. you screwed it up. But yeah, one of the um, very first things I worked on when I came in, so, it, and this was Walter Stilfen and the warehouse doing a redesign done by the people in the warehouse. It was radical. Yeah. 
Uh, and it uh, had uh, lots of bumps and bruises because it, it made a code performance review of maybe 12 pages. <laughs> well, you know, I'll link what we did in Skodak with uh, entrepreneurship yeah. is in that DC distribution center, we, we created 250 entrepreneurs. Yes. That literally felt the ownership, felt the freedom yes. to, to, to kind of create uh, and their their own. Exci- the excitement was electric. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, it's, no. it's, it's funny. I, I teach, as you know, I, I teach class every year for wannabe entrepreneurs. And no. at the beginning, when we talk to them about the class, and even at the beginning of the class, we kind of create this reality of how difficult it is and how <coughs> challenging and how it, it can be very lonely. And you feel like you've got the world on your shoulders and the market keeps throwing you all kinds of curveballs, And, and, you know, we quickly, so, but if you get on the other side of this and if you're up for it, you have the grit and determination and a good idea and knowing that you're going to pivot, um, welcome into the class. But there's the reason I share that is if I think about being inside an organization, there may be a culture of people wanting to be comfortable being invisible, being, you know, kind of told what to do. How, I, how do you how do you you know go against those headwinds of people just wanting to be you know you say thank thank goodness for you yeah thank goodness for you how many entrepreneurs can an organization tolerate many That's more a great than they question. have yeah but uh, because they're natural disruptors yeah. So Well, you, you know, if I think about Hugh's comment about hiring the right people and have a mm-hmm. vision of where the company's going, uh, I look at your coming into the organization uh, in OD, and uh, I think that that's a great example where uh, Hugh and Kathy at the time uh, literally said, we're bringing a person in and we know it's going to transform not only that part of HR, but really the organization. I mean, you were unleashed, I, it, it appeared. Well, yes. And as an entrepreneur, I, took, I was willing to take the risks. Yeah. A mistake people make in the thinking of entrepreneurs is that they like the risk, the adrenaline. No, they like getting the idea done. Yeah. Whatever that no, is. No, that's They're right. Willing to tolerate the risk, but don't like it. Yeah, I mean, that's well put. When I talked about the entrepreneurial class, we scare them about the grim reality of it. But the, the other side of that is, is going from ideation to creating something that makes a difference in the market. And that becomes a pretty powerful magnet. Uh, and I think I, I don't know about everybody else, but I was pretty, I don't want to say scared. I was pretty alert (laughs) Mm -hmm. all the time. And I either uh, said, I'm going to quit every six weeks (laughs) (laughs) or, um, but I never, I was always, yeah, I never was comfortable and didn't want to be. So thank goodness for people who want to be. I I think that, no, no, keep going. You're on a roll. I'm not going to. Well, I was, I was just going to say, I, I, uh, I appreciated your comment about for people that want to play it safe and just do their job well, you said 
you know, good for you, good for the company. And, and so I think we're not talking about unleashing uh, entrepreneurship uh, across an organization, but being strategic about where you want it uh, and putting the right team or leader in place uh, that has the freedom. So I was just... And certainly what you want is some galvanizing yeah. energy. Uh, and we, I think if you had an organization and of urgent innovators and entrepreneurs, it wouldn't be all bad as long as you had uh, clear boundaries. Yeah. So it's like I had five kids <laughs> and they <laughs> all were, uh, high impact in their yeah. own way and frisky. <laughs> so <laughs> as a family, we had, we put boundaries around certain areas and the rest we said, well, shrugged and said, good, they got energy, go do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's what, what I like is you kind of set up a, a, a paradox that I think existed uh, uh, at Hannaford, uh, which was just, and still is uh really successful uh, and at the head of the industry um, is the paradox is that they had a structure that ultimately to the outside world, we were described as ploddingly methodical, one foot in front of the other, right. in front of the other, which kind of feels like those guard rails that you talked mm -hmm. about and the structure. Mm -hmm. And at the other end, unleashed the, the potential in people to to do their job as if they owned it because they felt like they did. Right. But not in unleashed without boundary, not unleashed without boundaries. So here's, can and I ask the boundary of the marketplace is what they're most willing to live with. Yeah. You, you've said a, a couple of times so far about the, the uh, permission or taking the sting out of making a mistake or failure. How the heck do you do that? I mean, how does that happen? Uh, talk to me like I'm a CEO or a president of a company. Hello, mister. Not enough <laughs> women in your role, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I'm here today <laughs> to talk to you. Um, well, I'm, first of all, the first thing that came to mind for me was at, at a meeting of officers with people that might come to work at Hannaford, high yep. recruits. I don't know why the question came out of my mouth, but I said, you know what? These students, these college kids think that you can't make a mistake, that a big mistake, you'll get in trouble. And Roger Hoyt laughed and said, oh, and everybody said, oh, they all started telling their mistakes. <laughs> and it got, to be, it got to be uproarious uh, about, you know, putting plywood on a muddy parking lot because the paving oh, hadn't been done oh, in time for let's, opening. Let, let's pave a, a, a parking lot at the end of December in uh, New I, Hampshire. Not yes. a good idea. Yes, and thinking, Great putting example. putting it into frozen mud, and then as the mud melted, nails were popping up, and people were getting flat tires. <laughs> so, you know, the fantasy about you, what corporate life is and what it actually is is very different. There's another book I won't write. Yeah. Um, oh, there so you go. The other thing that uh, entrepreneurs want, and then we'll talk about, therefore, what's the culture need to be, is they want more action than talk. 
Mm-hmm. They do want constant, you know, be at that green growing edge and they want to love their product. Mm. Oh, yeah. Whatever it is, ours was producing large group systems or having a great hire, you know, a product. And they mm, are kind of constantly in competition with themselves. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So you know, it's not a restful energy. No. Not, not in the least. Uh, and you know, it's, it, when you were sharing about uh, the work that ODHR did, it, I think it infected other parts of the organization. So, you know, I don't want to oversize the impact that ODHR had, but I think some of the leading edge things that we we're doing uh, became kind of infectious with other leaders that wanted some of that or all of that or to, to replicate it. So our uh, recording of this podcast got cut short uh, because, as uh, fate would have it, uh, I believe Joyce's Wi-Fi crashed. So uh, that completes uh, that episode. But there's a couple things that I would want to share. Why did we even do this topic today? You know, when we take a look at the world, uh, companies need to be quick. They need to be uh, uh, able to pivot on a dime. They need to create new and innovative ways of delivering their products and services. And that only happens if you have an entrepreneurial spirit that we call entrepreneurship inside your organization. And we kind of glean from our experience to share some of those key attributes in the culture, in the leadership. Uh, that promoted the kind of uh, entrepreneurial spirit that we had uh, beginning with at Hannaford and then ultimately at Dallais. So thanks for showing up. And until the next time, be well and be safe.